Hi, this is James Clary from the Clarification Podcast. We really appreciate you sharing and watching our videos. If you feel so inclined, we could really use your help. You know, we spend hours and sometimes days researching these topics. And as much as we love it, we could really use your support. If you're on Spotify, go to our channel and there's a link where you can donate. Or if you're inclined, go to our website, which is clarification, that's C-L-A-R-Y, vacation.com, and there's a one-time donation button for PayPal. We really appreciate your support. And now, our feature presentation. Hey everybody, it's the Clarification Podcast. I'm your host, James Clary, along with my partner in crime at the board over there, Russell West. What's up, Russ? Got a room full today. We do, man. <laughs> We've got people in the studio. We're really excited to have our economic advisor, financial guru, John Sturdivant, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. What's up, bud? I'm glad to be back in town. Yeah, man. Glad you're in the studio. First time. We've had you on the show, so they, they had you on the show several times. It's first time live yeah. in the studio. Yeah. So glad and, to be here. Yep. And we've got <laughs> your partner in crime, Kirk Erickson, otherwise known as the Little Tornado, LT. The Twister. What's up, Kirky? Good to be here. Yeah, be man. Here, Good. Now First talking the mic. Man. Yeah, you want to oh. sit? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Mic. Okay. Good yeah. to be here. Yeah. My old friends, John James. You've got a horse behind you, Kirk. Did you see that? Yeah, uh, that's no, pretty cool. That. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we're going to talk, you know, these are just for the listening audience. These guys are old friends of mine. You know, Russ is the young guy over there at the board, but John, Kirk, and I go way back. We're talking 60s, 70s at least. Oh, I yeah. mean, Kirk and I go back to first grade. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. First grade. Well, and you and I, Kirk, didn't meet until you were in eighth grade, I think, and I was in seventh. Or maybe you were even 14. a freshman, 14, somewhere around there, and we all became good friends. Uh, I almost killed John once. Well, there's a lot of stories. We almost <laughs> killed each other. We may get into some of those later, but... Uh, well, let's talk about what the hell's going on in the world, which is why we always have you on, John, although today we'll talk about anything we want to, which we usually do anyway. But you had some observations. Uh, well, you and I talk quite a bit offline and text. Obviously, you don't live here. You're from here. So you're just in town visiting on your way to the great white north. Getting out of the heat. Yep, you're heading up to Canada, right? For yes, your sir. family thing. So you have your own business. You're a financial advisor. You have clients. You advise them what they should do with their money. And just give me your general overall purview from a thousand feet what's going on with the economy and let's talk global first yeah well let's do yeah, let's do that i mean the big news right now is that our inflation rate hit 9.1 percent mm-hmm. which took a lot of people by surprise including the guys that um that i get my research from you're supposed to be eight something right? well no i mean it was already in the mid eights uh we think it's topping out that 9.1 print was a surprise to just about everybody but I have great news, James. 
What's that, bud? It's worse elsewhere. <laughs> okay. You know, one, one of the things that we haven't been talking about in previous episodes was what's really going on around the world. Right. And that matters. Um, it, the economy is linked now. Um, things that happen in Europe affect us. Things that happen in Japan. Things that are going on in the, in the uh, emerging world are dire right now. I mean, people may or may not like have heard Sri Lanka. Of, Sri Lanka is a failed state. You know, and they made the same kinds of policy errors that the developed world is making. Unfortunately, they're such a small economy; they have less resilience. They're more vulnerable, and they just screwed themselves. Let's let's let me dig in a little bit on that because I just read that Sri Lanka has a ninety-eight percent ESG score. Now we've done episodes; we've talked about ESG, which stands for emotional social emotional social governance and it's a credit ranking basically that and if you wonder why all these big corporations are going woke all of a sudden well it's because if they don't they can't get capital the banks won't loan to them so sri lanka has a 98 percent rating the u.s by the way is around the 50 something 52 53 klaus schwab the head of the world economic forum five years ago said that sri lanka is the model for the future and they're going to be one of the wealthiest countries on the planet because they're doing things right and and these type of things like doing away with nitrogen-based right. fertilizer right, right? Yeah. uh electric cars clean energy all this stuff that we hear about so just talk about that a little bit because you said it they're doing the things that cause this mess in sri lanka well look right? i mean Petroleum-based fertilizer is evil unless you want to eat. <laughs> okay, so yeah. yeah, you're right. Sri Lanka, you know, is this is you know trying to show the way. Well, guess what? They don't have any fuel for cars. They have no food, and the government fled. Wow. So look, I mean, if Klaus Schwab says they're the smartest, okay, whatever. They're the best. They're the hungriest as well. So, you know, so let's talk about Europe just for a second. Um, There's this war going on in the Ukraine. And James, I asked you a question last night. What was the, what's the most important strategic weapon in this war? And I got it, didn't I? And you impressed me. Yeah. So what is it? Oil. It's energy. Yeah. Oil and gas. Right. And so what the EU did over the last several years with their push to be ESG, Mm -hmm. to be good and and woke and woke and yeah. whatever, uh, they stopped producing their own energy. They literally made it illegal to develop something as clean as natural gas. And now nuclear, the, too. Nuclear, they've been shutting down their nuclear fleet. Uh, right. France is down to half, uh, and they have the biggest nuclear fleet in, in the right. European Union. Right, and when you say fleet, we're talking about <clears throat> nuclear power plants, yeah. just for the audience, yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah. You, just like a fleet of ships, they, right. have a, they have a fleet of power generation that's nuke. And so they shut a lot of it down in preparation for a war in which energy is the most important strategic weapon. So first they di- disarmed themselves, and then they picked a fight with Russia. And they <laughs> wonder why things are going poorly. You know, we, we put sanctions on Russia thinking, oh, this is going to hurt them. All of those have backfired and made things difficult for the West. Yeah, for every, us. Every single one of the sanctions boomeranged. They didn't harm Russia at all, but they're harming us. And so what's going on in Germany right now? And this is important. 
The EU as a whole, the economy is very, very important. The German economy alone is the fifth largest in the world. Wow. And so I've been watching data from Germany and PPI, which is the producer price index, which is a leading indicator. CPI is history, right? So that 9.1% print that we had was from June. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's in the books now. Is that CPI? Consumer price. Consumer, index. right? And right. the PPI is the producer. Producer price index. So the so what's driving that is the input costs. What do the raw materials cost? What does the energy cost to produce the goods that you make? Their PPI over the last two years. Kirk and I were looking at this on a chart this morning. Went from essentially one, maybe two percent. You know what it is now? Thirty three percent. Holy shit. 33%. So imagine that, 33. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, imagine that. If you're a manufacturer, to the raw materials to produce something has risen by that much. I think that energy input is probably the biggest deal. Yeah. Is And look, I mean, they don't have enough energy in Germany now. And by the way, you know, a lot of you folks out there may not know that Russia actually shut down the pipeline that feeds Europe with natural gas yeah. for maintenance. That's what they say. It may yeah. or may not be true. Right. What matters is they're not getting any gas It is gas shut anymore. down. That part is true. They're not getting any natural gas from, from Russia at all right wow. now. Norway, which produces their own, also said, hey, guys, sorry, we can't send you any anyway or anymore as well. We have to protect our own citizens. Germany is shutting down their manufacturing. They, they've, I don't know exactly how they're handling it. But if they were manufacturing at capacity, there would be no energy for the for the people. What was the other thing that uh, Merkel or that yeah. Germany just announced that they were going to help consumers with energy costs? That I think that the government announced this just last week. I think okay. they announced they were going kind of like the COVID checks that we got in the United States. The way I understood it, maybe Russ can look that up, but. They announced some consumer help with energy because they said costs are just going to go so high, people aren't going to be able to heat their homes, so we'll help. But where the hell they get that money? Do Germans just have a central bank like us? And they, I'm sure they do, right? The European Central Bank, and they just print. Well, Germany has their own central bank Euros. as well. So okay. every, every country in the EU has their own central bank. That's one of the reasons why the this experiment, the European Union, is on the brink of of destruction. So how many years has it taken approximately John for Germany say to get to this point with bad policy? Well, look, when I, was the EU formed? Yeah. Oh my. Uh, 80s. It, end of the 80s. Yeah. I don't remember the year, but yeah, right. but it's 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 been a, it's been a while now. Uh decades. So I mean, you get away with it for a while. You get away with bad yeah. monetary and fiscal right. policy for a while. And the Germans frankly are one of the most disciplined Right. Of the entire European bloc, sure, their debt to G- GDP ratio is is not that high. There it is. Germany plans new energy okay. price relief for consumers. So relief package once again, they're though spiegel. a relief package that just means they're going to print more money, which will cause inflation. Well, right? Look, look, if there's no energy, what does it matter how much more money they're going to give you to buy it? That's true. I mean, there will not, the way things are right now, there will not be sufficient energy to keep people's mm. homes warm. So really the winter, and I made this point to you last night, my my partner, Leanne, told me that she had just read an article, and it's kind of third hand, but that the real food shortage we're going to see in the U.S. is going to happen this winter. It kind of makes sense that 
if things really come to a head, this winter could be really dire because people won't be able to heat their homes. That that is actually not going to happen in the United States. Yeah, uh, we have plenty of energy. Uh, we can buy it. It may be more expensive than we want to pay for it. But later we'll talk about why I think energy costs in the United States are going to start coming down. In fact, they already they are, are right. Yeah, I mean, oil's well off of its high. We got to around 123 a barrel, right? Right. We're down in the 90s now. Yeah. Th- that isn't because we have more production. That's because demand is in decline. Why is demand in decline? Because people can't afford it. Right. So it's just a yeah. look. I mean, basic economics, yeah, right? Most of the people that we know are bitching and moaning about gas prices at the pump, but they can still afford it. Yeah. Over half of America is in, in real distress. And the working poor in this country are being crushed. Well, we're They're tapping our reserves crushed. as well, aren't we? Starting to tap reserves. Yeah, well, oh, but my God. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, we'll talk. let's talk about the strategic reserve later because yeah. the abuse of that is just unbelievable. I, you could yeah. say impeachable offenses are being committed by this administration, yeah. the way they're distri- distributing. Selling to China. Look, we're supposed to have that in case there isn't any oil to be had. Right. We've drawn it down by half just to keep prices under control. Well, and what's That's rid- not what it was for. What's right. ridiculous, I heard Biden said, I'm going to release 120 million barrels. And I read, well, we use 20 million a day. That's five days worth of yeah. oil. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll bring the price down a penny a gallon. Like, that's going to help. Well, if Hunter's involved as well. With uh, his connection over there. So. Yeah, he has his own energy source. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I forgot. I lost Fueled on crack. So we were careful. talking about the European Union. All right, 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 you know, right. Just the collapse of the European Union, the fact that it might collapse. I mean, Italy's, uh, the prime minister just resigned, right? Draghi? Yeah, I don't didn't think he? so. I think he did. Did it happen while well, Russ, will you look that up? the yes. plains of North yes. Texas? Yeah, Draghi or one of the, uh, I'm pretty sure, just look up uh, it, Italy government prime minister resigned, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mario Draghi sure. resigned. Draghi. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was a change in the government. And I, I, I know, yeah, Italy's prime minister, Mario Draghi, second NATO leader to resign in a week. Wow. Yeah. This happened Thursday. Yeah, I was on the road. Today's Sunday. It was Thursday or Friday it happened. Yeah. So Huey, my little dog, and I were driving through New Mexico when this news came out. Now, you got to listen to Bannon's War Room, baby. That's where you get the latest news. He's not an old dog. He's never been on a trip before. This is totally off subject. (laughs) We get in the car. cute. He thinks we're going to our neighbor's house. He's so excited. <laughs> 300 miles, this guy's looking out the window. And finally looks at me. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are we at Ellie's house now? So he finally lies down. And he's kind of giving me the shit stare. Yeah. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> anyway, okay, where were we? Uh, Draghi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so well, Draghi. I mean, these are rats abandoning the ship. It's a little bit too late for him not to be blamed. What's happening to Italy right now? Yep. But and Italy matters, but Germany is is critical. Germany's always been well, at least since the forming of the European Union. They're the economic powerhouse. They are the they're the ones that benefited the most from the European Union, right? And it's the reasons for that are complicated. Well, actually, not very. So they all joined this un, this monetary union, which meant no more Deutschmarks. 
Yeah, right. so the euro becomes the currency. Right, no more lira, right. no more francs. Right. All of them use the, the same, same currency. The problem is these countries d- behave differently. Some are very disciplined, mm-hmm. i.e. Germany, the Nordic states. Right. Uh, some, some are, are un- Some are not. I mean, I. The e. Italians, Greece. What the, okay, Greece <laughs> yeah. for sure. So yeah. let's look at Greece and Italy. Yeah. They like to make wine and herd goats and right. take long siestas. Yeah. You know, their monetary policy is a little bit lax. They spend too much money. They relax too much. And so there's so, so much disparity between these cultures mm-hmm. that a monetary union, although it's lasted a long time, is pretty much destined to fail at some point. Yeah, in terms of even the modern history, though, it's a blink in the eye. 30 years, 40 years, I mean, you know. 100%, but we've reached a critical point. Yeah. So we were in trouble, then COVID came along and accelerated the problems. Debts exploded. Monetary policy got extremely lax to keep things afloat. Right. And so now you have, because of energy policy, and, and let's be honest with each other, the Federal Reserve, doesn't really have any influence, direct influence over inflation at all. How much more oil is being produced because the Federal Reserve raised interest rates? Well, they have, don't they have (laughs) influence because when they, now I know it's not their decision, but when they print money, when Congress and the president pass these huge spending bills and the Federal Reserve has to print money, doesn't that cause inflation? No, it doesn't. Now, Milton Friedman would disagree with you. Well, um, yeah, I don't. He like, cl- I don't. I don't like being on the on the other side of a fence of a guy like that. But think about it this way: we talked okay. about this a little bit about two episodes ago. Yeah. Um, what they create are reserves. Okay, that's not money that you and I can get our paws on. I got gotcha. you. These are reserves. Some of these excess reserves wind up in banks, and if the banks don't lend it, it's not. Money. It doesn't matter. It it, it literally right. isn't money. There's a big difference between reserves and money. Well, that's true because it's all done on a computer, and it's not paper money. It's not like they're printing stacks of hundreds, people, right? People, they just transfer. People aren't spending it, so it yeah. has no economic effect whatsoever. That's interesting. Now, look, if the banks start lending it, that creates money that goes in the systems. You get more commerce. Yeah. That's potentially inflationary. I see. The other part is, so if, if the Federal Reserve is is monetizing the debt, which they are, that has a stimulative, i.e., also potentially inflationary effect. So, stop. Whoa, whoa, back, back up. What do you when you say the Federal Reserve is monetizing the debt? Explain that again, okay, again, so, please. Okay. Well, it's it's a little complicated, but when there's not enough demand for U.S. bonds, and the Federal Reserve buys them, so that the tr- but and you then might they give the money to that you might I know I'm I'm it's simpleton let's stuff, go to basics. but yeah let's explain go to basics. the whole okay. how they buy bonds and okay yeah. so when the when the government needs to borrow money they issue bonds and if there's enough demand for them in the marketplace it's U.S. Treasury bonds U.S. Treasury bonds that's right if there's enough demand for them then investors all around the world buy the bonds if there's not enough demand for them. They sell as much as they can, and the Federal Reserve buys the rest with created money, right? Ah, okay. So those reserves, those don't go into reserves. That's actually money that's given to the Treasury that's used to pay the bills. Okay. So tax receipts, as we know, are far short of what we need. Right. And, a, and an un, unprecedented... Which creates the deficit. Which creates makes the deficit go higher. So when there's, again, not enough investors, whether they're... Countries or, or whatever, companies yeah. 
Soup to nuts, biggest, most liquid market market in the world. There's not necessarily enough demand, and that's when the Fed has to step in and buy the bonds. And then they give the money, they send it digitally to the Treasury, and the Treasury spends it. Is there an inflation effect to that? Yeah. Is that what monetize the debt means when they step in and buy the Treasury bonds? Okay, I got When the central bank buys the bonds and gives it to their treasury, whether it's Japan, Germany, or America, that is called monetizing. The because debt. there's not enough foreign, or not not foreign, not enough investors buying there's treasury bonds. There's not enough bonds, demand right. for the bonds, right. So is the demand, is that what drives the rate of return for those bonds? Partially, partially. So it, when when there's lots of demand, then that could, could push the price of the bonds down. Okay. Or I'm sorry, push the price of the bonds up and makes the yield go. Yeah, up. a lot of demand, okay. right. And so that's a great point, Kirk, because during quantitative easing, and we've had, had we're in three, uh, well, QE4 really now. Right. Uh, when you have a huge customer like the Federal Reserve that's now competing for bonds, they're buying bonds along with everybody else, that pushes the price of the bonds up and the yields down. That's how they kept yields so low. You know, not only did they go to a zero interest rate policy three times in the last 20 years, they've also been buying bonds, suppressing yields even further by being... What do you mean by yields? So there's there's a coupon rate on a bond. So when they, when they, yeah, when they issue a bond, they issue them from 13 weeks all the way out to 30 years. Okay. And each one of those brand new bonds has a coupon rate. It could be as high as 3%. It could be as low as. So that's your rate of return investment. Yeah. Return? So, okay. so if, if you pay par, which is a hundred cents on the dollar for the bond and the coupon is three, then your yield to maturity is three. And and it could be a year. So in a year, you'll make three percent on that hundred dollar investment. Just you'll on, make three dollars. Could yeah. be thirty years, like you said. Yeah. There's okay, yeah. okay, so, I got gotcha. you. So if if you if there's lots of demand, then that there's competition, and the bonds traded a premium instead of a hundred cents on the dollar could go to one hundred and one cents or right. five cents, right? Mm. And so then your effective yield is based on that cost, so your yield to maturity is lower. Right. right. You paid more. Okay. Yeah, if you paid 105 and it's 3%, you, you lost money. Well, you didn't lose money, but your yield's lower. Okay. And then at maturity, yes, you do lose money because yeah. you only get back the 100. Right. 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 So. Um, well, we're getting a little deep in the weeds. We but I we No, it's important. If I don't understand that crap, I'm reasonably well read on some of this economic stuff i guarantee you no one else is going to understand that's why we love having you on because you explain this stuff i know sometimes you go well, come on jimmy this is basic no, 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 I don't, I don't feel economy that way 101 you know i don't feel that way at all uh but people hear those terms like quantitative quantitative easing mm-hmm. all the time which is really just the federal reserve raising interest rates right no it's the federal reserve or is it the it's, opposite it's the federal reserve Using creating money to buy the bonds, okay, and then Basically they, then printing. They, it is printing. Yep. Again, and so again, you know, it's it's a little confusing because earlier I said it's not money; it's reserves. It it can become money. It becomes money when they give it to the treasury to spend. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's money. All right. Let me let me kind of bring this back in. Why should anybody listening to this show give a shit about any of this stuff? That we're talking about with the Fed and quantitative easing and bond, and and tell me about the bond market and the stock market and things you've told me that are kind of historically significant in what we're seeing right now. 
Wow. And you can apply it globally if you want, but take a long time. No. Well, well, look to to sum it up quickly. Um, since the dot bomb crisis, since since uh, stocks cratered back in two thousand, yeah. and we started getting really lax monetary policy, super low interest rates back back in 2000, 2002, in that bear market, they didn't do quantitative easing. We didn't even know what it was. There was really it wasn't a word. Uh, in 2008, the great financial crisis, they went to zero interest rate policy and quantitative easing. And, we all, and I, I said, what the hell is that? Is that the first time we went to zero interest rates? Uh, 2008? I want to say we did briefly. In, we did, in the Great Depression? No, 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 um, no we never did it then. Um, but God. 2001, I think, is the first time we actually okay. went to zero interest rate policy. They were afraid that we'd get in, in deflation. Well, they sure stopped that. Um, so they're terrified of deflation. They like inflation, and now they're embarrassed because we're at 9.1% and have to do something about they it. They like but, inflation. Yeah, but but why this matters to investors is that very aggressive monetary policy and all this fiscal irresponsibility has created an enormous bubble in the value of assets. And if you and go, assets being stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, real estate, anything, anything that's worth money is an asset. Well, they right? tart what? So back to the financial crisis. Uh, in banks two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah. Banks were in trouble because the assets on their balance sheets were of far less value than closer, what they owed, closer, right? to, closer to insolvency, and so they. Bernanke even said this. They were not shy about it. the The purpose of quantitative easing is to boost the value of assets, I to increase asset values. So it happened in stocks, it happened in bonds. And it went on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Now we're at valuations in both stocks and real estate. And even after the correction from a historical perspective, stocks are very still very expensive. Why that matters to investors who have become accustomed to buying every single dip and it working like a dream because the Federal Reserve has your back They've always been able to print more reserves or money. They've always been able to say, okay, we're going to cut interest rates again, and stocks take off like a jackrabbit. Now, well, guess what? They can't do that. When now you're at because zero. Of, well, they can't do it now, James, because inflation is 9.1%. They're going to continue to raise interest rates to fight inflation. And it's it's and the the problem for all of us is that they, they can't, so I said, how much how much oil has been created by raising interest rates? None. Yeah. Oil, energy, is the primary driver of inflation. So the only way that the Federal Reserve can get oil prices down is to kill demand. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. That's it. And it's starting to work. Yeah. They've, they've harmed the consumer so much through these asshole policies, I beginning with energy policy since Trump, yeah, and I'm not a huge Trump fan, but Biden is an idiot. <laughs> you know, you should pull up an interview. There's an, uh, our energy secretary's name is Granholm. Pull up a YouTube energy when she was asked when we're going to start drilling for oil. So, John, at what point? Where does Janet Yellen fit into this whole picture? Well, she's the Treasury Secretary right. and um, doesn't have a hell of a lot of power. Uh, she talks way too much. Um, 
It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, but but she is the one that literally said back in May, I believe, and it may have been April, but said, oh, this inflation is just, it's a temporary thing. It's a little dip. It's transitory. Transitory. Exactly. Biden says the same thing. Oh, this will go away. Let's listen to this real quick. This This is is, uh, Energy Secretary Granholm talking about future drilling. California, what is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America. So we chose NetSuite. With NetSuite by Oracle, you get a full picture of your business. Schedule your free oh, trial. Oh, right she knows nothing about it. Global market, it is controlled by the price of popcorn and a lot of other commodities on the rise. Take a look at oil prices this morning higher. (laughs) What kind of dribble was that? Uh, Anyway, so so she basically said, you want to run it again? Let's run it again. The, the price of Brent uh, oil right now at $80.79. The price of gasoline surging in the double digits to a seven-year high, now topping $3.40 a gallon on gasoline. Joining me right now is United Refining Company Chairman and CEO. He's also the president out? of Gristini's and D'Agostino Foods, President, Chairman, and CEO. We can edit this out, guys. John, it's great to see you this morning. This is not on this iPad or something, is it? Yeah. Oh, there's God a bot. Damn you. <laughs> Are you picking me up? No. I no. zoomed it in. Oh. And then we And Maria's talking on the other side. I see. You can close up at the top. Yeah. There's a mute on the if you go down into the page. There it is. There it is. Okay. There you go. All right, let's, let's do her again. And I've got so, and I'm just, I'm just going to say this is uh, Energy Secretary. Yeah. Well, you already said that. I'll just. Okay. Yeah, I've, right. got, I've got a comment I want to make. I was going to say, what are her qualifications, yeah, sure. first of all, John, for this job? Did she have any qualifications? She, well, she was a governor. We'll watch it, and then, governor. John, you take it. So. All right, I think we're good now. Go for it. Eighty-nine cents a gallon. Let, let me cut to it, if I may. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is two dollars eighty-nine cents a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this, as you know. Of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC, and they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. So, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, the Department of Energy. What do you think of that, John? This is this is how arrogant our policymakers are. He asked her a straight-up question, and she thinks it's funny. Kind of a Kamala response there, right? Cackle. Yeah, cackle. (laughs) It's not not easy to get me going, but that pisses me off. Oh, hell yeah. This is how disconnected from reality our policymakers are. Yeah. Why would would we 
want to generate energy of our own. And what does it have Ask to do Germany with OPEC? That question now. We don't need fucking OPEC. Well, that was that funny. was that was just she's just putting out something there to try and make herself. No, I know. Right. Of course, OPEC has a, has an effect on energy prices, but not if we have a hundred percent domestic production. Right. Right. We like were, Trump we were, did. We, we were energy we were independent. Energy independent. Right. We would be above the fray. Right. Entirely. And, and we would still have higher energy costs, but it wouldn't be sticking it up people's asses. Right. right. And just so people know, in the Arctic area alone that the United States has, there's enough oil for 100 years for America. Right. Just in one area alone, the Balkan reserves in the Dakotas has more oil in it. Now, this is shale production, which, it, which is... It uses fracking, has more oil than the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. Yeah. This is in the United States. Oh, absolutely. We have the freaking oil. And it's this ESG, and to bring it back full circle, it's the green energy movement that's causing all of this shit. Not just the green energy movement, but the green woke liberal agenda, John. 100%. So, so you, if we talk to somebody, and let's agree... That pollution is bad. Sure. Let, let's agree that going to renewables is probably a good idea. Sure. Long term. But if you ask somebody that's, that's really fired up about the environment, they hate oil, they don't want the XL pipeline, they don't think we should drill, here's a good question for you. Are you okay with a billion people starving to death yep. so that we can get to ESG on the timetable that's set by the European Union? Are you okay if half of Africa starves? Yeah. Do you mind if most emerging markets around here are in total turmoil, can't afford food? Are you okay with that? Let me, let Do me you take, mind human yeah. suffering on a historic st- scale right. to get to these goals? And they're probably going to say, mm, how can that be true? Do you mind if 400,000 people in Africa die totally from more. inhalation of fumes from wood because they have to burn wood for fuel when you take away the natural gas? And I've read the studies. And they, and they deforest the whole African jungle because you won't let them have natural gas right. and oil. I mean, it's on and on. The economic and environmental impacts of taking away oil and trying to go to all wind and solar is much more. What about solar? I mean, what do they have to use to make solar cells and batteries? The, have you ever seen the lithium mines? Oh, Little kids in the Congo digging. I mean, it's. These people are clueless. They really are. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, look, get an electric car. Great. Great oh idea. yeah, thanks, Pete. You know, okay, all the people out there, and I know your intentions are good. You feel yeah. great about your Tesla or your whatever else make of electric car. Guess yeah. what? You are years behind because of the mining that has to play, take place to build the battery for your car. Yep. Eighty-three percent of the energy for a battery and electric car comes from coal. 83%. What does it take to build the damn thing? Oh, yeah. You've got, there. you have to move <laughs> tens of thousands of tons of material to come up with the material to, to make a battery. Lithium, right? right? Cobalt, all Cobalt. that shit, yeah. Look at, I mean, you ESG people out there, I love you. Do your <laughs> own research. Look at how much mining it takes to build one of your cars. And yeah. tell me you still think it's environmentally friendly. It's not. But but even then, John, less than a half of a percent, I'm just pulling that out of my rear, but could afford an electric car. Who can afford 60 grand, particularly in today's economy? Right. 
Pete Buttigieg, liter- that's another one of our leaders, yeah. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, literally said the answer is to buy an electric car. <laughs> They're so clueless. Let them eat cake. Yeah. Right. Which was a famous quote by, I believe, Marie Antoinette in the French Revolution Not while they were chopping heads off. Her head off. That's right. Look, I'm long guillotines and rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, let's go back to Italy. and Because I, I, not Italy, uh, the European Union. So do you, I, it seems to me that the, Italy, the Italian situation, of course, Boris Johnson resigned in the UK. Now, they supposedly, you know, the British people vote for Brexit. But, you know, Brexit has still never gone through. UK is still part of the EU. People right. don't realize that. You go to Europe, you can use euros, right? Or well, not Europe, UK. The no, yeah, Ocania. I didn't. Know I that. think so. Yeah, yeah but they're now they still have the pound, right? The, the Brits did not join the monetary union, but they dro- they joined the EU I trade gotcha. right. agreement, and they're messing with them. They don't want to let them out, and so it's been how long since what? the vote? Seven the original years. vote was at least eight, seven, eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. The original vote. It's just, they're just playing games. It's kind of like we were talking about the one. I don't want to really switch subjects, but you, you brought up the war in Ukraine. It, you know, we get out of Afghanistan after 20 years of spending billions and billions of dollars. Then all of a sudden there's this other war and we send 60 billion. Yeah. Look, Russ, would you look up the annual cost of war in Afghanistan? Because I, I quoted John something last night and he questioned me and he might be right. I don't know. I had read that the $60 billion we sent to Ukraine was equivalent to five years of what we spent in Afghanistan, which That's would be $12 billion a year in Afghanistan. Annual cost of war, there we go. So it's $4.1 trillion would be divided by how many years? Uh, 20, basically, right? Oh, you're right. Costs reached their highest level of $107 billion. You're right, John. I don't know where I read that. It was a stupid thing. But anyway, but we spent $60 billion. I think we've allocated that much. I'm not sure that that's gone yet. Yeah. It's actually been sent to them. <clears throat> we did an episode yesterday uh, that'll be coming out soon on Social Security Administration and the use of fake Social Security cards by illegal immigrants. It's a story people don't know about. There's a slush fund from these monies collected on these fake cards. It's $1.2 trillion. <laughs> oh this is the people that are daily crossing the border. They're getting some Well, I'm going to go cover community. the whole story again. Right. But to get a job in the United States, you have to show a driver's license and a Social Security card. It's called supposed the I-9 form that came to. about under... No, you have to. See, that's the thing. Most people think, oh, no, they're getting paid cash. No, that's not the reality. The reality is they buy a, a Social Security card at the border for 100 bucks. Nice. It's fake. <laughs> it's a real card, but it has somebody else's number. Where do they get the 100 bucks? Well, they save it. I mean, uh, I've talked to illegals about this. So that's how there are 20 million illegal immigrants working legally because the employer follows the law. I have to fill this out. So anyway, where's that money go? Because it doesn't match their name. It's in a slush fund. $1.2 trillion. It accrues at $6 billion a year. Me, P, I don't want to root because we got a we got a show coming. It's a great show. You need to watch it. It'll be coming out in the next week. So uh, but that I digress. So 
we talked kind of about Europe. What what are going to be the ramifications? And you didn't touch on Japan. Would you touch on Japan a little bit? Uh, just a little bit. I'm going to say a final. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. No. Um, the European Union is headed into a financial crisis that's going to make 08 look like a cock a cakewalk. Wow. I think the EU or a cockwalk. I, a cock, okay. <laughs> I got so close to saying it. It's I really okay. wanted to. Hey, it's, it's clarification. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh buddy. my god. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, they're headed into a crisis. I don't think the EU is going to survive this. Wow. That's where I think that's going. Uh, from the perspective of an American investor, we don't walk away from this unscathed. Yeah. Okay. Japan is the third largest economy on earth. They have to import all of their oil and gas. Okay. Their inflation behind inflation. China and the US, right? Or Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're still the largest. Right. Not by much. Not by much, right. And then, then comes uh, China, then comes Japan. Now, wow, Japan. I didn't realize that. So let's think about what's happening to Japan right now. Um, the yen Well, first of all, Dollars are how energy, global energy, is is bought and sold. Petrodollars. Petrodollars, mm-hmm. still. Now, there's some euro involvement in that, but it's primarily dollars. So oil has gone up a lot, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Huge inflation there. For a country like Japan, which has to buy dollars to buy oil, mm. it's a bigger problem because the yen has lost 30%, almost 40% against the dollar this year. So you take the the higher prices we're paying for oil, tack on another 35% and you're Japan. God. This is critical. They are reaching a critical state. Secretary Yellen is already talking to the Bank of Japan about setting up swap lines so that we'll trade dollars for yen so they can use the dollars to prop up their currency. That's if the yen one. goes much lower, it's game up for Japan. <laughs> so you've got the third largest economy on on earth that is on the ledge right there close to tipping over you've got the euro that's really already in crisis and if you took the european union wouldn't they rank in the top five or well so? the european i mean union all would be, the countries collectively the european union collectively is the third largest economy okay gotcha okay behind right. china gotcha um so you, you look <laughs> it's not good is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> there's no getting out of this Right. There is no getting out of this. And to make matters even worse, the Federal Reserve is trapped. They have to raise interest rates. Whether it's going to be 75 basis points or a full percentage point, towards it's the third week of, of July. Is that what I saw when you, that tweet, you said 100 points? Yeah, that's basically a full... One point. And ba- one, that's one point. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, a, tenth, a hundredth of a percent is a basis point. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so so a hundred would be a there's full There's a hundred basis points in a percent. What is the interest rate right now? The federal, is it like one? Oh, God, no. I'm, I'm embarrassed to know. No, that's all right. The, I mean, is it federal, below the, one? No, no. The federal Probably. funds rate is now like one point two five percent. Okay, all right. Okay. All right. So you had a you had a quarter percent rate increase. You had a fifty or a half a percent, and then a three quarters percent. Gotcha. So one point two five in June. Yeah. How high do you think it'll go? I think the Fed's fund rate is going to pop another three quarters to one percent at the end of this month. Gotcha. So beyond that, what do you think? I don't know if they're going to be able to continue tightening policy or not. And there are two very strong schools of thought on this. One is that they're going to push out like they did back in 2020, 
uh, and reverse or pivot is what you're hearing everybody say. And the others are saying, no, Powell is going to get tough. He's going to continue to tighten rates, and he's going to throw us into a very steep Who's recession. pushing back on that business who needs capital? Europe. Europe. Europe is the most upset about tight monetary policy of anyone because this flies in the face of the WEF agenda. Um, the, the elites. The world economic. The form. elites are very upset with Jerome Powell right now. Very upset because he's going to force them. They're now going to have to tighten policy because they can't let the euro, euro go any lower. You know, we're at one to one right now. Remember back in the good old days when you guys were? Oh, yeah. Were, yep. Euro, when I was in Italy. A buck 30? Yeah. Well, I was even higher than that when I was yeah. I was there like 12 years ago. Yeah. I think a euro was worth like a buck 80, I want to say, yeah. something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds possible. Yeah. The euro, because of their stupid fucking policies, have <laughs> law. I mean, the euro's lost unbelievable amount of value, which creates more inflation for the euro, for the European Union, right? If it caught, If you have to. Spend it takes more euros to buy the shit you need from overseas, mostly almost all energy. Yeah, it's wow. a huge, it's a huge problem. We have trapped ourselves. What they did, what the euro did, was disarm in front of a, a conflict with Russia. Russia's got them by the nads, and there's nothing they can do. There's nothing, dude. They're firing up their coal plants. Look in this, Germany. look this up, ESG wonks. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a coal plant in Germany, not too far from Hamburg. It's it's a lignite strip mine. This and the and the, the coal and, and the, the worst environmental. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it it's right next to the power plant. They're they're going full blast. This but, is the result of the policies that are supposed to clean up the environment. And they won't fight. You know, nuclear has been proven to be the cleanest energy. It produces no pollution. Now, other than thermal, yes, it heats the water a bit. But even, you know, Fukushima, Three Mile Island, there's no long-term studies that have shown those caused the environment, Chernobyl, caused the environmental disasters that everyone said they did. It was a big scare thing. I don't know what the environmentalists have against nuclear energy. I mean, it makes so much sense. And natural gas. My God, we have so much natural gas. Go light your damn propane. Look how clean it burns. There's not smoke coming off your gas stove. And yet we don't want the pipeline. Right. It's it's insane. It's crazy. Here's the, let me ask you this question, Kirk, both of you guys. Are the leaders... Let's just say stay domestic. Biden, the whole cabinet, every are they doing this intentionally? There's a part of me that wants, thinks they are literally trying to destroy America. Oh, I think it's a hundred percent that way. I, I don't think there's mistakes being made here, like everybody wants to say. You know, oh, they're they don't understand what they're doing. I think they well understand what they're doing at the top. And do you, do you think, uh, I mean, Russ and I have touched on a little bit, you know, the whole Great Reset, and if you, you know, Glenn Beck's done 10-part series on it, but the whole World Economic Forum, you know, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. But, I mean, there's been so much written about this. Agenda 2021, which is now Agenda 2030, yeah. the UN plan. And if you read that shit, it's, exact, it's going exactly to plan. They want to move everybody from the rural they don't want independent. This is a stunning statistic, and I tweeted about this. You may have seen this, John. 
Fifth, this was a recent Rasmussen poll. No, it was Monmouth, which is a very reputable poll. They polled small business, a thousand small business people. Fifty-one percent of them said they felt they'd be bankrupt out of business right. by December. Right. Of the independent restaurants in this poll, seventy-eight percent said they'd be out of business by December, and thirty-three percent of them said they couldn't make rent in oh June. God. They've had God. a year and a half to reverse policy on our energy situation and have made zero attempt and have no plans to, none whatsoever. And Biden refuses to change course. And even so, if they did it tomorrow, it's going to take years. Well, yes. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, he, he said, well, we're taking away these leases. You know, he made it like, hey, it's the oil company. So they don't want to go explore. Well, when you tell them <laughs> we're phasing your industry out in 10 years anyway, right. we're all going to solar and wind. Why the hell would you go explore? And why would you drill? It, regulate it financially to where they can't afford to in a lot of cases. Right. right. Yes. The, the regulations, which I think Trump doesn't give nearly enough credit for the number of regulations that he draw. And that's why we were energy independent. He said, look, and it's like you said, John, we all care about the environment. And Russ and I did that show, Robert Billette, as you know, about the, the water supply. I mean, we're very concerned. Our position is climate change is complete misdirection to get us looking over here. Oh my God, carbon, you know, oil bad. When in reality, we're throwing millions of tons of garbage in the ocean we've yeah. got uh, the chemical companies not oil i mean they may be part of it but are, are just poisoning our water our air i just saw uh, an interview with a guy talking about the amount of aluminum in the atmosphere that's pouring down on the earth oh my God. well is that lunacy or is that intentional you know there you well, go yeah i who and does it really even matter at this point it probably is intentional but does it matter they're fucking killing us. Right. I mean, add the vaccine into that. Oh, there we go, YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> we're out of here. You're out. Oh, yeah. We're not on YouTube anyway. Yeah. We've got a strike. Okay. But, I have a new vacation plan now. What's that? I'm going to go to Canada and drink myself to death. <laughs> yeah. Did you see what uh, Rogan had to say about Trudeau the uh, other day. Little Hitler or whatever. Yeah. He's no, a yeah, he says he's a communist. He's a communist. Well, he is. No, I didn't. What did he he's say? That guy. Oh my. Well, yeah. we did a show, what, Russ, a couple weeks ago about the rise of communism. We went back to the 50s and even before that, but McCarthyism and how that has bled into what was called postmodernism. And now, honestly, I mean, I think <laughs> the show title, if it wasn't the actual show title, I said, look, wokeism. Is Marxism pretty much? It is pretty the same so. principles that are being applied. You know the whole idea. Look, the critical theory, which is the overarching subject by which queer theory, critical race theory, all it comes out of critical theory, which comes out of uh, Frankfurt postmodernist. What's queer theory? Queer theory. You know the radical LGBTQ agenda that you're seeing. Sure. That arises out of this school of thought. This is all schooled in universities. 
Left and a then it's letters out though, did he? Well, yeah, yeah, I know. QRSTUV, WX, White. So, but but it's look, it's all about identity politics, and it really comes down to let's separate the people based on sexual preference, race, identity, right. you know, identity politics. Sure. Because once we're separate and we're fighting amongst ourselves, we have no power to exactly. attack the real enemy. Exactly. Which is the elite, these leaders. And look, half the country, more than half the country, like when we went into Ukraine, how many freaking Ukrainian flags? And I mean, Russ and I immediately did a story about the Nazis well, in about the Ukrainian you. army and like something smells rotten in in kiev yeah you know well, what you were talking it was just textbook marxism really yes you were absolutely all of this is how brezhnev it might it might not have been brezhnev one of the soviet leaders had said at one point look we will dominate overtake the united states and it'll take us a long time but we'll do it without ever firing a shot it's happening at light speed now yeah look at the education system that's been going on for a long time, and nobody saw that coming. I didn't. I didn't. Well, we we went over the Reese Committee hearings in the 1950s, where a guy named Norman Dodd. You look him up on YouTube, and you watch that hour interview with Norman Dodd. And it's like, my God, they did know about it, and it was there, a guy named Harold Reese, a congressman, did hearings on it, but they completely ignored. It. They shut down the hearings. I well, mean, it's, it's been 40 years ago, James. We were in no, I, I know. one time recall ever feeling intimidated by a teacher at Tulsa. Never one time did I leave a class thinking that I'd been bullshitted. No, I know. Or, or, right. That's know, true. I really didn't uh, feel like that I was taught anything that it was. But let me ask you this. Liberal. Were they offering uh, lesbian dance theory at TU when we went there? They weren't, I guarantee. We used to joke about taking underwater no, basket weaving. But... Yeah, I know I would have too. <laughs> Remember we'd take those ROTC classes sure. where they'd yeah. give us the yeah. answers Go to up the with test. The helicopter out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that know. was my favorite class. ROTC, yeah. Cap- Captain wow. Melbourne oh, yeah. or whatever his name was. helicopters and stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a uniform? No. No. Uh, too bad. I think that's a, it was a recruiting tactic. Oh, we repelled off the side of a building. That's what it was. What you guys did. I never we went. Yeah, we I had did. a bad knee. I was a gimpy back then. But I think it was a free fall. So, I don't know. We'll bring this thing to head. What, uh, and John and you and I have talked about this. Um, and I don't want to get into, you know, asking, well, what should we do? I do think it's prudent. And you, I, if I'd said this 10 years ago, I'd have been called the tinfoil hat, which I'm still called that. Somebody tweeted a picture at me the other day wearing <laughs> tinfoil hat. I'm like, God, that's the best you got. Because every goddamn conspiracy theory has come true. I mean, uh, Russ has a shirt. Yeah. What's your shirt say? We just talked about this. Alex Jones day. was right. Alex Jones was right. <laughs> 10 years I ago, the craziest it. things that you could have ever dreamed up in your life say, Spit it out there. Yep. No, that'll never happen. No way. Not this. Yeah, it all has. It's all. It's all happened. Well, and they all come true at like record more, pace now. It seems more. like it's like every oh. day. It's like oh, actually, maybe that might have been true. Nothing's shocking yeah. anymore. Nothing's even shocking. It's like is that the best you got? Well, yeah. and you know, we started to get on a little bit, but that whole Hunter Biden, the gas and the energy, oh, the Chinese energy companies. Yeah, get into that a little bit because that's right in our face. The it's, son it's, of it's the president. Almost. The son of the president. He Hopefully. sold, George, was it 900 million? I can't remember what, 900,000 maybe. I can't remember. But Joe Biden sold China some of the U.S. strategic oil reserves. Yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. sold to Cinepak, 
their uh, their uh, the energy the, the biggest the biggest Chinese Which that Hunter just Hunter happened to board, do business right? with. Yeah, he's on the board or something. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were the ones that had invested with Devin Archer, Hunter's partner, right. giving him like a billion dollar investment. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't make it up. I mean, it's, Did yeah. you guys see? There's a, a website. And I'll tell you what it is. It's called MarcoPoloUSA.org. And it has the explicit stuff pulled from Hunter Biden's laptop. And I mean, I I thought I've done some degenerate Uh, sexual things in my life. My God. We can actually look it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll just sit around. They they showed him weighing out crack cocaine on national TV. Oh, yeah. No, I know. (laughs) I know. But this is, I mean, the guy just, uh, I, I, it's, anyway, it's yeah, just it's perverted. Gross. And it it's not just the sexual stuff. It, it shows documents. And him, you know, he called Jill, who's oh, yeah. not his mother, right? right? We right, got to remember right. that his We're mother was killed. Now, this is one of the stories. Jill, the mistress at the time, was following <laughs> Joe's car when his mother got killed. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is... Yeah, or, you know, I don't know that either. one. I really don't. That one I'm going to say I don't know <laughs> for sure. So you're saying but Dr. I do Joe know, was a stalker? Well, no, I do know that Joe a, was boffing Jill while they were married. I mean, there's, that's not... that Jill was his mistress. Now, that's not a I conspiracy not theory. That. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His wife died, and then he married Jill. Hunter called Jill the C-word, a conniving C-word. Uh-oh. It's a one word I don't say on air just because... No, you can't say that. No. That's I called one woman that one time when I was 17 years old. And slapped I, the shit out of me. Oh, man. boy, she did. Yep. I deserved it. Yeah. You oh, my God, you're the there. The <laughs> oh, my God. He's, yeah. look, look at the one-two above that. Rocks, cocks, and fake glocks. Oh, my God. I told you. That's sharp. That's a good look on him. <laughs> Look at this. That is classic. We're going to keep this one off the air, but you, so just, you he, go, reaction. So he's like watching porn and masturbating. Yeah. Like, oh! oh. Perfect. Just walking around the hotel <laughs> the room. the president's son. <laughs> this is yeah, just another day for Could him. Could you imagine if this was Don Jr.? Oh, it'd be over. Oh, yeah. He'd, He'd be, be impeached so for that, too. Oh, there's his little hook. What? Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Oh, he's showing wow. off now. Oh, there's oh, some crack. showing off. There's some crack. Yep. Oh. How many how many rocks oh. you get for that? <laughs> it just goes, and there's guys hours, there's <laughs> hours of this shit. Uh, James, oh. do you want to know what is particularly that disturbing is about this? What? Hunter Biden is actually more qualified than uh, Secretary Secretary of Energy Granholm. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. On paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I yeah. He, he was go, a member of the Board of Burisma. Go to Tony. He has actual experience. That's yeah, true. That's right. Yeah, so you're right. So all of these right. up here are His Yale thing is a little different. On. It's all just click. Oh, go to Tony Bobolinsky messages. Yeah, let's see uh, what Tony's at. You just oh, were on it. Yeah, right there. Oh, nice. So Bobolinsky was the part. So we're probably going to get raided here in a minute. Who's the rich attorney friend of his out in California that he works with? Oh, what do we want to listen to now? Oh, God, I don't know. It's There's, too it's much. It's a whole file. Jim Biden. Hunter I mean, Biden. this you got to go explore this website. It's not just the... Yes, it has there. So Jim's the uncle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's Joe's, Joe's brother. brother. Joe's right. brother, and he's a, he's a Who, Which we ought to make the point 
that a lot of people don't realize this. There are certain laws, although Congress passed a law that they can trade, they can use insider trading uh, when we, the regular people, can't. But most of the money made by politicians is run through the family to avoid any introspection and controversy. Well, it was my wife. I had nothing to do with it. Look at Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) It was my husband that bought $4 million of that credit card stock before anyone in the public knew about it. I can't help it went through the roof. Yeah, I know. I'll never forget that press conference she did. She goes, well, what's your point? I mean, the, it was the the 60 Minutes guy goes, well, do you think it's wrong that you used insider trading to buy a million dollars worth of this stock? What's and point? what's your point? That's how blatant they are, though. They Here, know. Here's, here's a little tidbit about that. Um, yeah. Insider trading by, by lawmakers was actually outlawed, I want to say back in 2015. Under the Biden administration, I remember that they yep. reversed it. Yeah. Okay. So they were, oh, we missed this. So, okay, let's, without making a big deal about it, let's just reverse this law so we can get back in the market. Sure. They do that all the time. Look, the Azov Battalion, which is the Nazi battalion that is literally part of the Ukrainian army, we were sending direct money, not to the Ukrainian army, to the Azov, the, the Nazis. It, it was outlawed under Obama. They brought it back. Right. I mean, you can look it up. Congressional record, $1 million to the Azov Battalion. They're fucking Nazis. They're, they've got the SS sign on their, you know, I mean, this you can't even make this stuff up. Yeah, there they are. That's them. Really? Our Congress voted to send them money. They're part of the Ukrainian National Guard. They're also the troops that are most at war with Russia in the eastern part of Ukraine. I mean, oh, Putin said, I'm going to get rid of the Nazi problem in Ukraine. And everyone thought he was full of shit. No, he was telling oh, the truth. James, Zelensky's a Jew. He would never allow that. Oh, <laughs> That's the argument. I know. I know. They went to him and they said, look, you either play ball or you're going to die a horrible death. Yeah. So he's playing ball. Sure. To think that guy think could he- just stop corruption that quick why would he want to exactly he's He's, getting rich yeah he has no reason to do anything over there but we treat him like a god over here right Right. well he's a hero there's a really interesting phone call that was just released between then vice president but special envoy to ukraine joe biden and Zelensky, and it was right after trump was elected before he was inaugurated and and to paraphrase biden said something like look trump's gonna come in He's going to want to know the details of our deal. Don't let the cat out of the bag. Don't tell him what we were doing, basically. I mean, Ukraine has been a piggy what? bank for corruption and the elites, the globalists, forever. What yeah. did Trump get uh, impeached for the first time? Who was yeah, a phone to? call to Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it specifically Zelensky? Interesting yeah. on that. Yeah. What, what's Weird. the old story? Imagine is that. that. They're doing the yeah, same this. thing that they accuse play. you of? Oh, yeah. I know what you're going to play. I thought you were going to play the deal where Joe Biden's laughing about... Uh, oh, we've played it before. Oh, my yeah. God. That's so funny. I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, Trump got impeached for uh, Biden's crime. Yeah, right. 100%. And there was no doubt what happened there. This is so good. No, it's not his sons. It's... Uh, no, he says sons of bitches. I just... Oh, 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 I got you right. Yeah, son... Why... Yeah. Oh, my God, so good. Son of a bitch. That's what he said. Son of a bitch. You got six hours, and I'm leaving. Uh, you haven't yeah. seen this, Kirk? No. 
No, I haven't. So just to set it up, if you remember, Trump was impeached for, uh, God, what is the term? I'm losing my mind. Not collusion, but for trying to influence a foreign leader. And there's a term that's escaping me. But to try and influence a foreign leader, and it's not blackmail, but... uh, Quid pro quo. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly what it was. The phrase. Quid pro quo. But Joe Biden, there it here is. it is, right well, there. That That's it. Watch this. That was Watch new. this. Things is missing now, and that is, I'm desperately concerned about the backsliding on the part of uh, uh, Kiev in terms of corruption. They made. I mean, I'll, I'll give you one concrete example. I, I, I was. Not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. A little Freudian uh, slip. And uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convince them that, that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours." If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Yeah, solid. Okay. Who were they investigating? Who were they investigating, James? Charisma. Yeah. Yeah. So a prosecutor was investigating corruption by Ukraine's largest energy company, Burisma, who Hunter Biden sat on the board, and they were obviously corrupt. I've seen interviews with the prosecutor. Oh, yeah. He was a straight guy. He was, absolutely. And he was trying to rein in corruption right. in Ukraine, so they fire him to get a solid... <laughs> a solid... I mean, it's such an obvious case of blatant corruption by the Biden family, and the the media just let. I mean, it's on national TV. Who are we TV? trying to kid? Yeah. I mean, the media is so in the bag on all this shit, and it. I don't know, man. It. I get. I get down sometimes, John Kirk, because I just out. like, what the hell are we supposed to do? You feel like, but here's the one good thing. The populace is with us, and people are waking up. Look what they did. you see those guys swimming in the pool at the Sherlockans president's house? Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is awesome. Did you see the French parliament just voted to override Macron on his renewal of vaccine passports? Good. Yeah. French parliament just voted and gave him the big middle finger, said, nope, no more vaccine passports. Brilliant. Look what. Look at the polling. Biden's at the historic lows of any president. No president this term in the presidency has ever been this low. Right. Right. Now, the question is, for us, in November, can we elect enough, and I know you and I kind of disagree on this a little bit, maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. Can we elect enough America first, hashtag MAGA, and I'm not talking about, I'm not a huge Trump fan either, 
I am a fan of America First policy. Right. I'm not a oh, fan yeah. of the man himself. I'm a fan of a lot of his policies. Okay, fair enough. Okay, and the people that are running, the people that are running, <laughs> you and your eyes. <laughs> We're on a recording. (laughs) (laughs) The people that are running under the America, like for governor in your state, John, Arizona, Carrie Lake, they talk a good game. I don't know. I mean, Billy Long is our congressman right now, and, you know, I doubt he listens to this. I tried to get him on. He wouldn't come on. That's a long story. But anyway, um, he talked a good game, said he was fed up, and he's going to go in and make changes. And he basically told me the system sucked him dry he's like you can't the bureaucracy bannon talks a lot about it steve bannon talks about the dismantling of the administrative state they just get mentally wore out but you know there are steps look the scotus rulings the the recent supreme court rulings are the first steps if you look at the constitution it basically says here's where the federal government has purview where they have power everything else is up to the states i mean if you take that to its osha the epa they have no power the epa cannot tell an oil company they can't do this now the state of texas can right and if you see if we continue i mean look people talk about roe v wade the epa ruling by the supreme court was a much bigger deal because it returned the it said no the federal government, the EPA, cannot come in and tell a company what they have to do. That's up to the states. So the dismantling of the administrative state could take 50 years, and it may never happen. My question to you guys is, can we get enough candidates in November to at least start the process? When I say candidates, I'm talking America First candidates. I think all they're going to be able to do is stop the administration stop where we're I, I don't think you're going to see the kinds of reforms we need to really start making a major difference in this company in this country what's going to happen james is we're going to be involved in this global financial crisis that is going to change everything yeah people are going to throw their hands up and say look this isn't working we're going to we're going to break it not like klaus right break it and we're going to make some different rules and we're going to clean this fucking thing up that's the only way we're going to get there. Midterm elections, yeah. do they make a difference? Yeah. They take away the power of the administration. They won't be able to get anything done. Well, what if we moved ahead to 2024? And forget Trump, someone Trumpian, whether it's DeSantis or somebody else. Well, look, I, I'd love Christy to see Nome, I, I would South love, Dakota. Okay. I'd like to see DeSantis and Tulsi Gabbard on, it, on the same yeah. ticket. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that, that would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think between the two or Christy Nome. Yeah. You know much about her. I like her a lot. I really don't know. She just wrote a great book. Not my first rodeo. She's the governor of South Dakota. She's very Tulsi like, but probably more to the right. But anyway, but but Tulsi's a, would be a natural unifier. She is. I I agree. Look, she, she's a Democrat, a A lifelong Democrat. Right. Um, But she's not crazy. Oh, the DNC, the DNC canceled her campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think she would have won huge. Would have done a good job yeah. as president, even as a Democrat. I agree. Look, I don't mind Democrats. I don't either. It's the crazy ones that scare the shit out of me. And they're the loudest. And they're the ones Absolutely. that the media covers. Right. Right. Well, you know? and they are the ones that are in control of the Little of the, Jamie of the party. Raskin. AOC. 
Oh my God. God. Yeah, these people. It's just unbelievable. No, what's going to change things, unfortunately, is going to be the crisis. Yeah. This is when you get major reformations. I mean, I think one of the, the well, the a couple things, and you could probably comment more. If you allowed American businesses to come back without having to pay penalties, isn't that one of the, like, if you're an American company, and you big manufacturing. I don't I just make one up. You know, you're Acme and you manufacture widgets and you went to Indonesia for labor costs, but you want to come back here. I think there's penalties. Like oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So what that was one of the things that Trump did. He said, We're gonna do away with all these penalties. And he actually did increase manufacturing in the United States. You he know, did. it's been declining forever. He at least stopped the bleeding. But now it's going the other way. Our manufacturing is but, you know, you can blame George Bush and those guys. You know, 100%. NAFTA and the Pacific Trade Agreements, these free trade agreements, the problem is they were never free, right? I mean, China's not playing fair. They do, you know more about it, but they do currency manipulation, all this shit, you know. And the tariffs, I was always a free trade guy until I started reading about it. I'm like, you know what? The tariffs are the correct move. That's my opinion. A lot of people... Don't agree with me, but particularly free market guys. Well, look, if, if you want cheap goods, tariffs don't help. That's true. That's why people were complaining. It, it, it had a negative effect on the economy. Yeah, it did. It made things more expensive. But if you look at it, but, we're not right. the only ones with tariffs, James. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, Jesus I know. Christ. I mean, the trade practices between us and China was very lopsided against us. Right. Against us. Trump recognized that and got in trouble for trying to do something about it. Yep. He got attacked by Republicans primarily. Oh, I know. Yes, he did. But yeah. see, the promise was two things. Number one, by opening trade with China, it'll it'll flood the market with cheap goods, which is good for the consumer. The part of that they left off with, oh, by the way, the, half the consumers are going to lose their $30 an hour job because we now have no more manufacturing in this the, but the second part of this, which I think is even more important, because Kissinger was quoted as saying, they thought by opening trade with China that we could democratize China, right. that we were going to turn them into a free market, democratic republic, and it failed no, miserably. Uh, what it did was we financed the growth of our greatest adversary. Right. <laughs> yeah. We put them in business. Yep. We paid for that. And now there are the Uyghurs. Now they're they're our most dangerous adversary. Yeah, we paid for it. It's unbelievable. Thank you, George. The idea, Bill Clinton. Well, look, it started with Nixon. No, you're right. right. You know, and then and then really, I mean, the deindustrialization of the United States started under Bill Clinton with GATT eight. Yeah, GATT. That's that's a that's a really fun conversation. What it did was globalize the labor market, which is what gutted. United States manufacturing, and it killed the working person in the United States. Back even as late as, as 1988, mid-90s is when GATT-8 was enacted, um, you could make a good living as a blue-collar worker in this country. Yeah, remember that, Zenith here in Springfield? And, and really, the reason that happened was because the, the Democrats got tired of the Republicans getting all the corporate money. Hmm. And so they said, you know what? We got to change this. We want to get money and be and have a stronger grip on power. We've got to align ourselves with corporations. That's why they pushed GAT eight, and that's why workers got screwed in America. Starting GAT eight and NAFTA, they turned their backs on their base. I mean, GAT was a free trade agreement similar to NAFTA, right? If I remember right, 
I mean, we don't need to go deep into it because we're short on time. It was a much bigger deal. Okay. It was a global deal. But it was similar. Yes. In in nature, it was similar. It's a free trade agreement. It was just much larger. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we got to wrap this up. I so appreciate you guys being on. It's been awesome and a blast to have Kirky, the little twister, and Johnny here (laughs) in the studio. Thanks for having us, Johnny. Yeah, you bet. We'll do it again. We'll do it next time. We'll see you. Thank you. Thank you.